The Shaggy Jenkins Show. We have to make Russia great again. On the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show all the way out from the city of Bukalani, Hawaii. If you don't know what that means, it means literally hole in the sky. And, well, that's exactly what the news brings us as we get ready to go into our weekend uh, review. It's a whole lot of news that have just kind of fell out from the heavens. And, dear God, helping me ingest (sighs) all of it from the city of Chico, where they are currently lounging in much better facilities than I have here in my uh, my little studio shack. It is Friday Love and Sir Kett. Welcome to the show. Why, thank, thank you. you so much for having us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Okay, let's go ahead and say that before we get into any of our stories of the week, first, Sir Kett, you're new. Welcome. Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk about all sorts of topics and provide, hopefully, a um, great perspective from uh, a young woman who uh, feels like our voice must be heard. And thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. Well, you know, I'm only here for comedic relief. And well, <laughs> let's just go ahead and be honest when it comes to F Love. Uh, he's here to keep me on track. Now, I am here to keep you on track. Now, here's I'm the, pacing you at every step. <laughs> here's the story I want to start off with, because in a kind of a last minute bombshell press conference from Donald Trump. Oh, I know, I know. Deep breath, everybody. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and get, I'm going to go ahead and drop a shame on him. I got to get me a, oh, wow. I got to get me a little sound machine. You should, a little effect. I I need some sound effects. I'm getting sound effects for the next show, and he's getting a shame and the arrow. Boom. Shame. Shame. Well, okay, this is the thing. When you talk about all the stuff that he was like going through in his whirlwind speech, one of the things that Donald Trump famously does consistently, and I'm going to ask this one to Sir Kit since she's new on the circuit. Okay. <laughs> see what I did there? Okay. I see. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you this question. Donald Trump, as president of the United States, when he goes into victim shaming the accusers of sexual assault of Brett Kavanaugh, what does that say to women everywhere? Well, one, um, it says that we still live in a society where, uh, again, the victim, the person who was assaulted or, uh, you know, something was inappropriately done, uh, the responsibility somehow falls on them. Um, It also speaks to the fact that we still are in a very uh, misogynistic um, society as well as we have uh, individuals in the White House and the leader of uh, this country currently who really does not recognize um, that being a victim uh, and coming forward and sharing their story is not only very honorable, but it's also a very courageous thing. Super and so, um, yeah, it, it just speaks volume to where we are, where we have yet to arrive. And the fact that um, this administration really wants to pull us backward instead of forwards. You know, and this is the thing that, that really got me because Donald Trump was kind of pressed really pressed when it came to his own allegations mm-hmm. of sexual mm-hmm. misconduct. Mm-hmm. And he basically said that it it changes his a little his opinion a little <laughs> bit. He goes, quote, it has impacted my opinion because I've had a lot of false charges made against me. 
but are they false? I don't think so. I don't think that they're false. Um, I think that, again, this whole personal accountability um, really needs to come forward. And if we are having leaders or anybody in a position of power or making really important decisions, uh, personal accountability, having a level of integrity is super critical. Um, Let's point the finger where the finger needs to be pointed. Obviously, I I think for the weak sold, and I'm not saying that this is their fault. For the weak sold, they need to have a system in place for checks and balances for anybody who's in power because mm-hmm. that's what gives you the area and the space in your life to abuse. If you take any of the classes that Christy gives, um, pardon me, that Sirquette gives, she totally uh, – she describes in no uncertain terms that most of the people who um, – abuse power are in power. That's part of the reason why they're doing what they can do. That's part of the reason why they have the time in their day or or the um, power over an individual to pull them in and say, come sit in my office for entirely too long when you should be in class or out at practice or out doing whatever it is you're supposed to do. Now, this is the thing that really gets me, though, because in this country, and, and this is one of the issues that we address time and time and time again on this program, in this country, we already have a problem with institutionalized racism. What happens when institutionalized, Mm -hmm. not just misogyny, because that's already been a thing. Mm -hmm. No, when institutionalized sexual predatory behavior Mm -hmm. becomes the norm, what then? It's already the norm? Um, Yeah, I think it's already the norm. I think it's been the norm. Um, I think right now um, what I'm super concerned about is the level of deception now that uh, individuals are going to go to or the levels of covering up or silencing uh, victims and uh, young women and men who have come forward. Um, You know, it's, it's the tools that are being used incorrectly. And, um, you know, as far as it being institutionalized, um, you know, we as women, we as brown and black people um, need to just be super aware and we need to actually be very strategic in counteracting uh, this behavior and this mindset and policies. And thank you so much for, uh, Sir Kat, for uh, expressing, as we all need to express when you bring up of victimization and all these things happening to people, it happens to men just as well as women. Like I, I think it's that I think that's also part of the forgotten narrative that, that uh, sort of alienates all this stuff from fifty percent of the people who could be even more empathetic mm-hmm. to this situation is because we're not also mentioning that this happens to men by men and by women all the time. And I just wanted to bring something up because you had talked about this in one of your past uh, radio. Um, one of your past shows is that, you know, race is something that has been constructed by society and institutionalized. And so when we're talking about race, we are talking about the human race. There is no white, black, Asian race. There are ethnicities, there are cultural, um, you know, uh, tribes and people who identify with, you know, their heritage and where their parents, um, you know, culturally with food and music and all of those things. But far as being a race, I think it's really um, important and imperative when we are entering these conversations that we as a society and as a community really recognize that race refers to us as homo sapiens sapiens, yeah. period. I, and yeah, go ahead. I, know, I was going to say, because see, here's the thing. Uh, if, 
<laughs> Luckily, I spent a lot of time reading about this kind of a thing. I know you did. I uh, love it. <laughs> one of the things that, that when we talk about how institutionalized systems uh, oh. disenfranchise certain people, we, we have to mention that women haven't really started to benefit from the civil rights movement that started back in the 1960s fully until like the 1990s. And then we took a turn past 9-11 right backwards. It seems like there was this narrow hope for women in the United States of all colors. And, and then- I was going to say, I have to put a caveat on that. And that was, I mean, I, even most of those benefits were were not for women of color. It was there was a lot a lot of benefits happened, but I, I can't really point at the fact that a lot of those were happening any anywhere outside of um, a very specific level of education and color of woman was benefiting. But go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Go go. No, no, no. That. The, the thing that I was getting to here is <clears throat> at that point when, when when let's just go back to the early two thousands. Okay, mm-hmm. so at that point. Since slavery had ended, oh boy, I'm going to make this one hopefully short enough so that it all makes sense. Um, After slavery was ended, states were not too willing to do business with the newly freed black citizenry of the United States. And as such, they set up banking and law, municipal and other kind of guidelines to disenfranchise people of African descent. Now, Mm -hmm. over the course of I want to say about 134 years, what that has led to is that homeownership in the black community is historically low and per capita way lower than it is in the white communities. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to job advancement, educational (laughs) opportunities and things like that, because of these laws that were set up so long ago, even if we try to correct everything now, the disenfranchisement is so large that mm-hmm. there would still be a huge gap, not just in gender, mm-hmm. and I mean uh, in wages, but mm-hmm. also in uh, equity of law and its application. Mm-hmm. So yes. when we talk about how we're trying to roll back things on women now, it's not just about what we're doing now. It's about in the decades to come. And mm-hmm. I'm going to ask both of you this. What happens if this becomes the precedent where a woman wants to come forward and say, I've been sexually assaulted and automatically the entire population turns her into a, a social pariah? Hmm. Well, um, I'm going to speak to a few things. Um, first, far as turning victims into, you know, or, you know, this whole social pariah um, kind of uh, action and, and mentality, I think that what is being seen on definitely the media speaks volume and it definitely sets the tone for the United States. But um, being in very intimate corners and intimate conversations with other women and men, um, you know, I think that there's a perception um, that it, that you know these women are looked upon um, from a media standpoint. Standpoint, excuse me, um, as you know, it's her fault and being you know victimizing the victim. But I think to kind of change things around, it definitely takes conversations like these to come forward. It takes conversations in your actual community with men and women with your children to address these issues and make it clear that when someone hurts another human being, it is not the person who's been hurt fault. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to ask you a question because this mm-hmm. is the thing that baffles me every time stories mm-hmm. like this come to light. Mm-hmm. 
Why is it that other women gang up on already victimized women? Hurt people hurt people. Um, it is really easy to be disillusioned and also to stay in a mindset that is not in reality. Because um, if you are married to a man, let's just be really clear. If you are married to a man in a position of power, you have most likely, as a woman, if you've been married to this man for more than 20, 30 years, you have already seen his ways. You already know that he has inappropriate ways. He has uh, been inappropriate with people. He's been unprofessional um, in you know, the way that he has... Um, uh, led his leadership role. I mean, it's not a surprise. So the only way to um, not be a part of this man's guilt, because at some point silence is betrayal. Um, and so, you know, either you are enabling uh, this man, either you're condoning your actions by silence or by, again, um, you know, victimizing the woman who has come forward to say, hey, uh, this human being has been inappropriate and uh, should be accountable for it. Uh, I, I would say that uh, the reason, speaking to your question, the reason why there's these actions from women that you think would be inappropriate, you think they'd want to get behind this woman, uh, I'd like to speak to what uh, Sir Kat said about victimization and also what I heard in a, uh, a stand-up I wish I remember who said this, but, you know, uh, my analogy for this whole thing is when you have to split $100 billion and, and I give you... Uh, half of my hundred million, uh, hundred billion dollars, and, and you half of my hundred billion dollars. When each each person is going to get fifty fifty, that's plenty left. The other person is not going to be upset. What I think women are having to split up is twenty five cents. And when you're having to split twenty five cents amongst two people, and you're only going to get twelve and a half cents, you, you act in a totally different way about that twelve and a half cents because it's half of all the money that you're ever going to get, and you feel like it's not enough for you. So I feel like women are like they're in abused places. Rather than having themselves be abused more, they're pointing to someone else mm -hmm. and being like, well, I'm not acting like her. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I should be over here and be protected. I should be a part of the group, whatever safety she's got going on. Or as long as he's on. not touching me, me and exactly. my daughter, mm -hmm. then it's, it's, it's okay for me to point the finger. And, and like I said, I feel like that really just comes from, one, a place of um, hurt and pain. And also, I mean... Uh, you know, a lot of women um, have a really hard time, uh, and, I, and rightly so, but um, women have a really hard time sometimes, um, you know, saying that their partner absolutely should be accountable for, for their actions, whether it's in the past or um, present. Ooh, great segue. Okay, this is something that I want to bring up about past and present. Yes, you're right. She set it up, and I'm about to knock it down. We have to go on to our story about Judge Kavanaugh and the latest allegations coming out of a 55-year-old by the name of Julie Swetnick. Now, she alleges that a while back, now keep in mind, this is a guy that bragged in his yearbook that him and the entire football team had slept with uh, one girl. Uh, he uh, called himself a member of the 100 Kegs or Die Party. I mean, there was there was a lot of kind of animal house, almost Belushi-esque type of behavior from Kavanaugh in the past. But the latest allegations is that he participated in gang rape. 
Now, oh, goodness, wow. this is the thing. Uh, Swetnick, who, who said that uh, when she, long time ago, growing up in the same Washington sur- uh, suburbs as Kavanaugh, had witnessed him at a party in line to take advantage of a girl inside of a room that was already highly intoxicated, and she herself had been drugged, but not did not get, uh, well, into directly accusing Kavanaugh of, of sexually assaulting her. But mm-hmm. look, we have first off allegations of a 17-year-old that was a little gropey, and Republican women came out and said, boys will be boys. And I, I basically bashed them and said, you're basically giving boys permission to be sexual predators. What the hell are mm-hmm. you doing? Yes. Okay. So the second allegations that came out was from a woman who said, yeah, he in fact did kind of the same thing to me at Yale, and mm-hmm. it got a little bit more than it did with uh, Christine Blasey Ford. Now, mm-hmm. these allegations coming from Julie Swetnick uh, mm-hmm. of of basically participation in gang rape, I'm going to throw this to both of you. Why has this guy not lost his nomination? This guy has not lost his nomination because uh, non-melanated people are not held to the same standards as other people, period. Specifically non-melanated men. Mm -hmm. If this were a white woman, if this were a black woman, if this was a black person, this was a Hispanic person or a a person of uh, Asian descent, none of us would survive this in, in any capacity. You know, the thing that gets me about this story, though, is Kavanaugh has been going through escalations of uh, defense. At first, it was, Mm -hmm. I don't recall those things. Right, right. What I like to call the old Ronald Reagan. I, I do not recall. Okay, Mm -hmm. so there's, there's the Ronald Reagan ploy, um, the, what we will call from now on, the old Gipper play. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Gipper play is out of the way, so what's the next thing that you do? You say, well, uh, no, you have your wife sit next to you and condone, yes, in an interview, and then condone that by me being present next to my husband and my husband saying that he has not been inappropriate and that these allegations are false, then you should believe what he says. That is exactly what how they, they utilize and, and how they manipulate the public who want to believe that this man is incapable of having a pattern of being sexually inappropriate and, and violent and, with women. And from my perspective, I see it that like, so for me, I, I see two guilty strikes out of the gate. As a person who's never been to college, I can say he's been through two hazing processes mm-hmm. that tell me already that he's not even a free thinking individual. Mm-hmm. He's in college at a fraternity. So as far as like for me, for a lot of people that, that might, might make you think that you're at a certain level of thought process, that makes you think you're not at a certain level. A thought process so that makes him that to me that makes him twice strikes two more strikes more likely to have been a beast animal mm-hmm. in high school and not a very cool person well you, I, <laughs> I, I feel like you know we're always struggling um, we have this rape culture that has existed for decades on campuses that still haven't been truly dealt with Okay. Um, we still want to protect the quarterback. We still want to protect, you know, our star, um, you know, basketball basketball player. 
Um, and it's, it's like, we haven't even really dealt with the nitty gritty and we really don't, unfortunately, um, have people in place. I mean, there's, you know, people who are doing amazing things, district attorneys, um, sorry, who are, you know, really trying to step up the game and really make sure that, you know, they prosecute people who are doing these crimes. But on the other end of that, um, you know, really facing the facts, really, um, looking at the fact that this man has now has a pattern and three women have come forward and still want to, um, you know, uh, not believe that he is capable of these actions, um, really are just, just, it's just in the political favor. Can, can I just bring up something? And this sure. is probably going to, this is probably something that we're going to have to ask for. Mr. Love, you 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 might want to step aside. Me and Sir Cat about to have a hashtag oh, feminism moment here. Dang. Okay, so this is the thing that really bothers me about not just this story, but the way that it is always framed in the traditional institutionalized American way. Here's how it goes: when a young man creates some sort of sexual assault, okay, whether it be rape, whether it be groping, whether it be, you know, just what have you, the mm-hmm. first defense to come out of everybody around that young man is, but what about his future? This could haunt him for years. This could ruin his future. Okay. What about? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. The second thing, the second thing okay. is, is when these things, in the case of Judge Kavanaugh, like mm-hmm. they, they, like they are alleging, because mm-hmm. hey, we don't know. This guy could be a freak on the weekend still. Mm-hmm. However, if they're saying like way back in the past, Kavanaugh did these things, but that was a different guy, and you know, what about? Here we go again. But what mm-hmm. about his future? What about the things since? Then, why is it that when it comes to the committers of sexual mm-hmm. assault, we're worried about their future, but you never hear people talking about the future of the victim? Um, because we have yet to put the same amount of value on women as on as in men. I mean, it's just like, you know, th- there's a lot of we have put so um, much blame on what a woman might be wearing. How does she might encourage or invite that type of sexual assault? I mean, the, it's, it's, uh, like I said, it's just a true distraction and subtraction from the actual person who, uh, you know, um, committed the, the crime or the assault and not placing value truly on the person who, um, whose soul was literally crushed and injured for the rest of their life. It's, it's just that, I mean, that's, that's how I feel. I feel like it's just the value that we've really truly placed on women in our country and um, in our communities versus men. It seems like a lot of what about ism though, because as soon as that, as soon as a man does something bad to a woman, it's what about this? What about that? And we never get to, and this is where I'm going to let Friday Love speak because mm-hmm. I can, I can just see him going <laughs> seething from the corner. Here. Oh man! Okay, but I'm going to let I'm going to let you speak on this because every single time a guy creates some sort of drama in his friend's life, especially around something like sex, sexual assault, um, mm-hmm. his friends all of a sudden. Pretend the victim doesn't exist 
Friday. Why? Um, because that would implicate them. And nobody wants to be implicated in what they already know to be totally wrong. Um, why a, is it so hard? And I'm just going to interrupt you. Why is it so hard mm-hmm. to, to co-sign on the truth, though? Because you, bir- sometimes birds of the feather do flock together. And implicating yourself means you have to check yourself and remember and go back and be like, hmm, have I treated my peers and the young women in my life with love and respect? Have I completely adhered to the laws of consent when I have dealt with women in the past and in the present? And sometimes for a lot of men, especially in a place of power and especially being connected to a person in power, you have to really think back and, and wonder. And There's no need to think back. They just admitted guilt. Every person involved in this just said that I saw him waiting in line to take advantage of a girl who was drunk. Every person who admits that they were at that party, as far as I'm concerned, can go to prison. Absolutely. I agree with you. I'm willing to I'm willing to totally lock doors. Yeah, but I'm going to interrupt uh you again, because uh here's the thing that we have to throw up. This is a white guy of power. So how Uh likely are we to bring him down? with his own bad actions. Not gonna happen. It's gonna be very challenging. Um, I think it was a great start. Um, I believe 100 women actually uh, wrote a letter and sent a letter um, in support of the three women that have already came forward or the two that had came forward um, initially. So I think that that does great work. I think honestly, um, just, you know, it's going to take consistency and it's going to take numbers. Um, you know, uh, I think also, you know, the people in his closest camp, the women in his camp should be having questions for him. Do you think you really should be, um, appointed a judge if three women have come across? Why is his wife and his daughters and nieces and nephews saying, Hey, um, you know, I'm really concerned about these allegations. Maybe you should step down. I think that that would be the right thing to do if, I was the person accusing you of these um, these uh, terrible, uh, you know, things that you've done. I would want you to step down and be a man of integrity and say, "Hmm, I need to check myself." I think that that you know that it needs to come from the women that are closest to him. That's the only. I feel like you know, unfortunately, it's going to take numbers, consistency, and women in. Uh, his I, closest pocket. I, I agree that the likelihood that anything that will affect him in even the slightest would only be people, the very people closest to him. And that, that's what change always takes. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to change their mind until the people that they really trust, the people they want to hang out with. If, if the person you want to impress is telling you the way to impress me is to stop being a cracker, just stop being a cracker. Yeah. Well, you know what? Speaking of, we're going to stop talking about this cracker and coming back. It's a tale of two sexual predators. What did the week bring for the cause? Oh, God. It's up next, The Shaggy Jenkins Show. This is Scientific American's 60-Second Science. I'm Christopher Intagliata. You probably don't think of scientific or medical instruments as the kind of instruments that actually make music. But now researchers have built a scientific instrument specifically designed to detect counterfeit medications through sound. Someone even made the comparison that we're making a scale in the sense that it it measures mass, you know, but it also plays scales in the sense that it makes musical notes. William Grover. 
a bioengineer at UC Riverside. He and his team took inspiration from the African musical instrument called the mbira. It has metal tines which resonate over a small wooden board when you pluck them. Instead of tines, Grover's instrument uses a hollow metal tube. Just load a sample of medication inside, and it changes the tone of the instrument. And so a sample that's more dense creates a lower note. A sample that's less dense creates a higher note in terms of pitch. For example, here's the tube with air inside. Here it is again with water inside. It's denser, so the pitch is lower. The World Health Organization reckons about 10% of the medications in low- and middle-income countries are fakes, sometimes dangerous ones. So the idea here is to fill the tube with a sample that's known to be safe, like cough syrup from a reputable source, and then compare it to a bottle you're not so sure about. Now, if you get the same pitch out of those two samples, it's very good evidence that they are probably the same material, and that suspect drug is really a safe or authentic drug to take. But if you get a different pitch out of the two samples, that's absolute proof that those two samples are chemically different. And so that shows you that there's something wrong with the sample that you were given, and you probably shouldn't take it. The instrument is designed to test only liquid samples for now. And while the human ear is sensitive enough to hear the difference between samples of air and water, the difference between a real and a counterfeit drug might be imperceptible to our ears. So Grover built a free website where users can upload recordings of the instrument from their smartphone or computer and analyze the hertz, and then repeat it with the suspect sample. The researchers published the work in an open-access journal called ACS Omega, in hopes of inspiring people around the world to build these things themselves. I can literally make one of these out of junk in your garage in about five minutes, probably, I bet, right? You know, the, the hardest thing to come by is the tubing. And, and, you know, we've made them out of bent copper tubing like you'd get out of a radiator, you know, or it's just junk lying around. And it's remarkable how easy they are to make. My dream for this would be to have the instructions for making them and using them shared as widely as possible. It is, admittedly, a pretty convincing pitch. Thanks for listening. For Scientific American's 60 Second Science, I'm Christopher Intagliata. Warning. Too much consumption of the Shaggy Jenkins Show could result in a higher IQ, a better understanding of the world, and not being called a f***ing idiot as much. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network, live from a little grass shack out in the back of a city called Pukalani. Aloha and welcome to it. Uh, joining me by Skype from the city of Chico, it's Friday Love and Sir Kett. Welcome back. Why, thank you for having thank us. Thank it's good you. to be back. Yay. Uh, let's Second get in. Session. I know. And this one's going to be bad because mm-hmm. at the first part of the show, we were talking about what happens in a world of white sexual offenders. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about somebody not so uh, white anymore as far as his innocence, this week brought the landmark decision that Bill Cosby was in fact a sexual predator Mm -hmm. and would be serving time for his crimes. Before we get into any of the kind of the hoopla and circus, let's just go through one thing that Ron brought up. Ron Pertee, we have an uncensored podcast. If you want to follow us on iTunes or just follow me on social media at Shaggy Live, Sometimes we do a little uncensored podcast, and on the one that we did uh, this week, me and Ron Pertee talked about how black comedians always cited Bill Cosby as the gold standard. Mm. Now, with this decision, how is this going to change the world of entertainment? 
Uh, I actually think a lot of people saw uh, Bill Cosby for the farce that he was out of the gate. Um, I, I think that if Cosby was a true comedian, he would never have come down on people like Richard Pryor or uh, Red Fox or uh, Eddie Murphy for cussing. That right there is a, is a clear statement of separatism. We all know that man cusses in his private life. Why would he go around pointing the finger at people like that? I, I'm, I'm just right now having the, the recollection that, that that was a clear indicator right there that we should have thought something was wrong. And I also think that it sets a precedence. I mean, you know, um, yes, as an entertainer or as a comedian, you have your personal life, but you also have an obligation um, just to, you know, mankind, womankind, I mean, far as to not, portray yourself as someone who is, I mean, what, that's like the architect, right? You know, you present yourself as something good, wholesome. Um, and then, you know, behind closed doors, you, 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 the, you the monster. Um, so I think it really sets a precedence for entertainers and comedians to be really clear about who they are and who they are in front of the camera. Um, because, um, more people care about who you are on the mic and who you are behind the mic. Now, this is the thing, though, because while Bill Cosby is going to jail, we have other comedians like Louis C.K. and mm -hmm. actors like Kevin mm -hmm. Spacey trying to make soft returns back to the world of entertainment. But in Bill Cosby's case, mm -hmm. even if best case scenario he is to get out in like three years. Which he shouldn't. Ew. I think that was too light of a sentence. I'm just going to say that. I, I'm going to, in just a second, give you a theory on why the sentence was the way it was, okay? But, mm -hmm. but first off, let's just go ahead and say there is never a chance, especially for people attached to Bill Cosby properties, there is never a chance for redemption in his lifetime, is there? No. 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 Um, he, there is no redemption for him. Um, I honestly feel like um, just because of the the context of what's happening here in our society and you know even beyond the me too movement um us talking about women's rights us talking about combating sex trafficking us talking about supporting survivors and um really strengthening resources and services to that community um i really believe you know bills cosby just got caught in a time where women wanted to give voice to the to their to the their the predators to people who were um yeah sexual predators during their time yeah well this is the thing too is like as long as we're talking about in their time cosby's mm -hmm. time has spread across several generations of entertainment yeah. but yeah. it seems like in the modern age we would be a bit more aware at this point of guys like him more openly wouldn't we I would think so. I would hope so. I, I mean, again, this whole Cosby thing points me, sorry to kind of go off track, but it, it really points me to the story that's happening with Ariana Grande and that minister who publicly worldwide had his hand on the side of her breast and didn't, you know, didn't, did it 
very confidently in front of the entire world. Why aren't we asking questions right now? Why aren't the closest people in his camp at his church asking, is, does this man have a pattern of being inappropriate with other individuals um, behind closed doors and away from the camera? Because if he was so emboldened to do that in front of the entire world at Aretha Franklin's funeral, then um, I'm sorry, it just raises suspi suspicion in my mind. Okay, I'm just um, going to throw this out here, yeah, though, while we're on this subject. Do it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that I would mess with Ariana Grande because Pete Davidson looks like the type of guy that would Mike Tyson you and bite your ear off. Yeah, for real, though. Like, he is squirrely. He looks like he would claw you. So yeah. I don't know if I would be one of those ones that would mess with her. And, and she's... Famously, an outspoken young female feminist in her Yeah, she's, she's awfully quiet about the whole thing, interestingly yeah. enough. I mean, maybe she didn't take any offense to it. Maybe we're just taking offense to it. I mean, and once again, so, wow, what a great example, right? So all of us are up in arms because he did what he did. But at the end of the day, it's up to her to be offended. Absolutely. And if she's not offended, we all need to shut, shut the heck up and leave it be because that it is what it is. Well, my whole thing is it's totally okay if Ariana Grande, I respect the fact any victim or any survivor or woman or man decides not to um, speak or decides to have a response to um, inappropriate behavior. That's, that's their timeline. It's how they decide to handle that situation. But for me as a woman watching that circumstance, watching Bill Cosby, it makes me wonder other people in that campsite, in that community, who possibly could be uh, enacting those same type of inappropriate behaviors. I think uh, at this point, it does take a village, it does take a community to address it. Um, and, and unfortunately, it was put into the public's eye because it was right there in front of us. I mean, you can't, you cannot not see that. And, you know, um, yeah, that's that's my, my um, I, I would like to ask both of you. I'd like to speak to uh, these timelines. So uh, you were speaking. Uh, Shaggy was speaking earlier to the fact that people don't want to destroy people's lives. And we've come full circle. We're right back to destroying lives. So uh, we're destroying Bill Cosby's life. He's in his 80s. He's in the uh, in the twilight of his life. We're destroying his life, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this young man does something awful to his, uh, I'm, I'm hypothetically speaking, mm -hmm. some young man does something awful to his foster sister in their foster home. He is 17 years old, and his mom is stuck in a conundrum. Her daughter has been done horribly, but I feel like she's been trained socially to protect her son. Mm -hmm. She reaches out to some stranger on the street and tells her a story and says, what should I do? My son touch my daughter and I don't want him to have to deal with this and deal with that and do what to do and da 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 da. Now from my perspective, I'm immediately awestruck because I'm like, you mean she didn't tell you that her daughter got touched inappropriately or got raped or was molested? She told you that her son did something wrong that she's afraid he's going to have to pay for for the rest of his life. Not my daughter is in a horrible way because my son touched her inappropriately. What? Where do we live right now? I think there's this misconception that somehow we as women can like, like somehow be able to absorb violence better than men or be able to, I, I'm just like speaking, be. no, but I'm just like, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's really hard to say. It's really hard to, to chew on. Um, but you know, far as going back to Bill Cosby and, you know, ch you know, ruining lives, um, 
I think the difference between those two stories is that Bill's, Bill Cosby would have um, gone to his deathbed without ever having any kind of um, regret or remorse for the fact that he has, you know, injured over 60 spirits, you know, and that those women have had to chew on that for decades. It was over 80. Over 80. So Shaggy, Shaggy, what do you think about, like, so, so both of you guys, how long does the 17-year-old pay? Well, see, that's just it. And, and <clears throat> I got two little worlds of thinking here. So first, I'm going to take y'all down Hit me with it, brother. South. Hit me with it. And, and I'm going to say that immediately, as soon as my daughter tells me that her fair complexion has been compromised, I say compromised, by some young gentleman, mm -hmm. I send him to see the Lord behind the <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my language. You're speaking my language. Okay, now, now I'm going to say that from, you know, uh, all accents aside, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, according to Southern culture, family or not, right is right, wrong is wrong. The family that wronged the other family is still wrong, and you seek to punish them, not the person that was wrong. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. And now, yeah. Okay. Now the second part is is um <clears throat> the 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 part that says okay let's say this woman approached me as I am now not the mm -hmm. not the southern guy but the kind of a laid back Hawaiian guy I would still look at her and very loudly exclaim using my best adult language what is wrong with you why mm -hmm. are we having this conversation and where is he incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Because until you answer the question of where he is incarcerated, everything, we, we have no conversation. You know, and I, I'm tired of the same, same old same, uh, the cliche that comes out, especially when it comes out of people that defend sexual predators. They're like, well, if, if I thought he was inappropriate, I wouldn't have let him around my wife or my kids. But four decades later, we find out the pattern of behavior that he had did not necessarily go for women that were in secure positions. Those of marriage, those mm -hmm. that 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 were already so, in their own power. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, two of, the, uh, two, two of the accusers, just to wrap up here, two of the accusers were actually guest stars on the Cosby show yeah. itself. So yeah. tell me, at what point do we not say that power corrupted Bill Cosby and he exploited it for four years that's exact that now was exactly coming what back I was to say. the guy at a mm -hmm. 17 year old he exploited the exact same system why shouldn't he pay from now on although i do believe in redemption mm -hmm. once you cross a line trust should be broken permanently good for you man i believe yeah um clap, and clap. yeah that's, that's i great. am in complete solidarity with you on that one um you know i I really believe that, um, yeah, once those lines are crossed, then, um, you know, whatever we have prescribed as a society, as a community, that person should absolutely um, receive those type of consequences. And, and then we should work on, um, you know, why hurt people hurt people from that standpoint. This is the thing yeah. that really gets me about this, too, because remember how earlier I referenced somebody like a Louis C.K.? Okay, mm -hmm. so Louis C.K. has been like, uh, he's exposed himself, he's done some things, and everybody's like, well, you know, he's done fairly low-level sexual assault. <clears throat> 
But if you were one of the people way back in the days of I Spy that looked at the writer that Cosby wanted and knew that he must have been up to something back when he was having time in his trailer alone that he requested Uh and stuff, if you knew that something was up back in the days of I Spy, wouldn't you be obligated to speak out? So for guys like Louis C.K. coming back, isn't it on all of us to say, no, 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 you've already started down a road, Mm -hmm. and now we have what's called the Cosby effect. We know how far that road goes. Yes. We're going to cut you off now. Absolutely. I have to ask both of you guys, and I I need your feedback on this. So uh, all of this also speaks to age of a crime. Mm. So I'm going to say when, when my mom had me and, and I was, you know, this was when she was uh, 17 years old. This was 47 years ago for me in 1971. It was not unusual for my mom to put her hands on me in a way that people would think is inappropriate today. Mm-hmm. We are condemning people for having done crimes a long time ago. We are condemning people who say that their crime was more socially acceptable when the crime was done. I'm not trying to defend any of these people. However, I think I, I think my mom does have a good defense in saying that when she used to slap me, a lot of people were slapping their kids. And I'm not saying that makes it right. But did it distru- did it injure your spirit? Did it black woman reaches for her coat behind her in a club and I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I duck under the table. She might be coming for me. I'm not I'm not clear. <laughs> okay, well, you know, and here's the thing because <clears throat> You're talking about whataboutism again, and this is the interesting thing, because what mm-hmm. Friday Love just dem- demonstrated is kind of the common defense of these things. Well, Cosby lived in a different time back then. It was all madmen and drinking whiskey and groping mm-hmm. a secretary on your way to exactly. the lot. However, when it comes to issues of child rearing, those were things that were biblical and the United States being founded on Judeo-Christian values, of course, those were passed on until psychology came in in the late 1970s and 80s and started changing people's minds about parenting. Mm -hmm. That is an example of society not having a set of knowledge skills, then acquiring them and acting on them. Mm -hmm. When it comes to sexual assault, if Mm -hmm. a caveman did it, if a Neanderthal did it, if... Oh, my God, you read about it in the actual Christian Bible happening. Mm -hmm. It was rape then. It was rape now. Absolutely. So there is no false equivalency that you can put on those actions. You can't say, but men didn't know better back then. The word no existed. Mm -hmm. I think what... You know, um, I guess, you know, the only the only reason why I feel like it makes it even more so um, disturbing is that they're trying to make it okay because of the fact that it happened 40 years ago and that there was this leniency that was, you know, happening in the boardrooms that were happening in corporate America to or just in the office. you You know what threads all this together? Booze, drugs, inebriance, not being in control of yourself. The, the girl who's being molested at the, uh, at the fraternity in the other story, uh, Bill Cosby and his ways with drugs, drinking and its ability to give people an excuse to do horrible things. I mean, like, I'm, I'm just going to advocate real quickly for all men, drugs, inebriation, booze means no. 
So instead of trying to get girls high so you can get some, you need to get them sober so you can get some. <laughs> yeah, because uh, th- this is the thing that I loved. And I, and I really hate the fact that Net- Netflix pulled the plug on her show. But The Break with Michelle Wolf had an episode mm-hmm. where oh, yeah. there was this date scenario where she was on a date with a guy. And right when they got to his apartment, she looks up and right behind the couch... Well lit and illuminated was an exit door because she says at the end of this skit, because Mm -hmm. no woman finds anything other than a safe exit, sexier. Got it. Yeah. Now, absolutely. This is the laws of consent. (laughs) Yeah. But this is the thing, because we have to bring this back to where we are with our stories this week. Mm -hmm. We, We see that. Look. When it comes to the actions of men, either they tried to scapegoat what year mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. they tried to scapegoat where society was with mm-hmm. treating women, or they scapegoat themselves saying that it is nothing but the blissful excesses of youth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw out a very bold and brave statement. I want to see somebody take responsibility for once. Thank you. That'd be fantastic. What would that world look like, guys? Wow. It would um, mean that very few uh, men and women in power would would still be there. No. What it would mean is, I'm going to give you the real dream here. What would happen is, so a whole bunch of people of power would be wrong all yeah. of a sudden. Prison would go from being a place where, where slavery was enacted to a place where you'd actually go for recovery. It'd be mm. all cherry. You know, you know that, that show, The Good Place? It would look just like that because if everybody had to deal with the system in the same way that all of us have to deal with the system, the system wouldn't be the way that it is. It would be good. Billionaires would be like, well, for if, if it means only $10,000 a person to make it so I don't have to suffer through this, I'll pay. <laughs> you know, but this is the thing. We go back and we, we've, we've just put Cosby in jail for years, years and years of allegations why is it that Republicans aren't seeing kind of a parody with what they're doing with Kavanaugh? Because they're above and beyond the law, dude. They're, that's, they're not a part of that scenario. You're talking about ballet and they do tap dance. They're, they're in it. I mean, I feel like it kind of goes to what Michael Moore <laughs> um, was saying is that, you know, they're willing to really fight for what, what they believe in, which is I can rape and get away with it. Um, and if I, you know, find another individual in the same situation and I'm in a place to, um, you know, point the finger and the finger not be pointed at me or the same consequences don't apply to me, I'm going to allow it to happen. And I'm going to be in complete, um, uh, you know, I'm going to actually condone it because it allows me to continue getting away with, what I've been doing and there there's just there's no reason why um Republicans feel like they should even help out Bill Cosby. I mean there's there's no there's there's no uh win for them. It's like let the spotlight be on Bill Cosby and let us continue doing what we're doing. But while this the spotlight is on Bill Cosby and this is the thing I'm going to ask both Friday Love and Sir Cat. We'll start with Friday because He's probably going, I got the perfect answer for yeah, this. Yeah, he does. Absolutely. Hilarious. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, no, I don't. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. I'm like, mm. But I'm going to ask you this question. If mm. now we are going after 
people like Cosby, Mm -hmm. how long will people in Hollywood and people in the entertainment world continue to hide patterns of bad behavior? Uh, Eternally. I mean, they're they're always going to do it because that would mean admitting their own guilt and they're, they're always trying to cover their tracks. And, and the easiest way to do that, the simplest way for most people to do that is to do the, the things that they think of as the least damaging, which is lie, cheat, steal, just a little bit to cover their their bad moves. Well, I, yeah. when it comes to bad moves, though, so <laughs> let's talk about some bad moves of support because the, the Cosby effect is only hitting Bill Cosby, but how long before people remember that in his sentencing phase, all the famous friends, like remember Keisha Knight Pullman mm-hmm. showed up and um, his wife showed up mm-hmm. at a couple of times. Mm-hmm. When it came to the sentencing, Cosby stood alone. But mm-hmm. how long before people that were around and supportive of Cosby, despite what the allegations were, how long before they see some sort of repercussions? Immediately. Wow. He's worth $400 million, you guys. Wow. So he's still getting those royalty checks. He's worth $400 million. <sighs> that affects how people affect how they're going to treat him, what they're going to do about him, what they're going to say about him. Like, think about it. Like, really, for $400 million, you would have to really contemplate, you know, stepping back, not saying anything, not showing any support by stepping back, but also not stepping forward and being like, I have always known. Go ahead, sir. Now, this is the thing, too, that gets me, because we mentioned earlier about the length of sentence only being Mm -hmm. between three to ten years. I'm going to throw this out here that the judge doesn't expect him to survive the three. Yeah, I I feel like um, that's why they gave him the sentence. But I also feel like it and and I would love to hear, you know, this is my opinion. It's really up to the the. 80 plus women, you know, how do they feel? Do they feel Mm -hmm. like three to 10 years was a fair sentence? Like they feel like because Bill Cosby is going to, you know, most likely, um, you know, die in prison, then that they feel like that was, you know, justice served or, you know, I think it's really up to the women um, to really, you know, place if that was a good sentence or not. Um, It's also good to remember that it took 60 women to weigh in on the case for one woman to get him sentenced for one act that got him three to 10 years. This isn't them. And that was my immediate feeling is like, oh, they're sentencing him for 60 women for three to 10 years. That doesn't seem like enough. However, it just took 60. Think about where we live, that it took 60 women or 80 women to weigh in on one guy's act against one woman that got him sentenced to three to ten years. You know, this goes back to the uh, Reconstruction Voter Three-Fifths Act, almost. It's like, how many women does it take to add up to a man? Yeah. Um, I think just one woman alone should have been able to... Um, it depends. In a, in a fist fight or, or voting? Well, if you I'm ask just my asking. wife in the fist fight, it only takes her. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to say that. Well, yeah. it only takes her and the wrong words from me. I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, it, it depends on, on the action. So, woman woman saving child from an uh, 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 attacker, maybe one-tenth of a woman is all it takes to be a whole man. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Okay, well, guys, we've got to wrap this up. So for our weekend review, let's just ask ourselves one final question. I'm going to give you 10 seconds each. Mm-hmm. Do we have any more hope left in America? Friday, love. Uh, we have so much hope left in America because new people are being born every day, 
And the one thing that we can count on you guys, the one thing that you can hold really close to your heart is that people are going to die. And when they die, new thoughts come up. So just hold on to that. Someone you really dislike is going to die one day and their thoughts will be gone. And someone else will be here with new thoughts. Oh, Uh, Kent, what do you say? Um, I feel, yes, we do have hope, but I also feel like there's so much work that needs to be done if we really want to uh, carry that hope into action. And so um, if we continue having platforms like these and other platforms in the future where we really um, get to the nitty gritty of these uh, topics and these discussions and really be real with ourselves and take personal responsibility, then yes, we have hope. All right. Until the next show, though, everybody stay safe. Love you, mean it. Get in. Bye. Bye.